Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage. Welcome back, everybody, to Savage to Sage. I am Daniel, the host, and today I'm joined by Rob Chrisman. Rob is the CEO of FastTech. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Daniel. Nice to be here. Why don't you start just a quick overview of FastTech? What is it that you do? Yeah, so FastTech is a managed service provider um, and technology integrator. We use IoT technology to help restaurants address their labor shortage and in particular, food safety. Um, We help them with automating a process that's currently done manually, um, doing temperature checks on how their food is stored. So cold food needs to stay cold, hot food needs to stay hot, and we're able to deploy sensors where we can do that um, through an automated process. Currently, the health department requires them to do temperature checks at least three times a day, and they do that um, through a manual process now. But they have to pull a cook or they pull a manager off their other duties to go around and do temperature checks on all their food. And um, with the labor shortage in restaurants, you know, we saw that as an opportunity to deploy some technology uh, to help them. Awesome. Yeah, I love the very specific niche there. That's um, usually you hear someone that has a more general niche, but that's really great. Tell me a little bit more about when you joined the team. I know it was already it had already been started like before you jumped on, but still a very early stage company. So like talked a little bit more about that story about how you got involved. Sure. Um, yeah, Fast Tech was a, the, the initial um, thought behind founding it originated back in 2020. And uh, one of our founders, Tony Selzo, has a friend that owns um, at least one uh, most Southwest Grills. And over the previous years, there's been, um, in particular with Chipotle, has had several food poisoning incidences. And that has not only affected Chipotle, but it's also affected similar restaurants like Moe's Southwest Grill um, and Qdoba. And they've all been impacted by by food safety issues. And um, so they came up with the idea back in 2020 when they were starting to notice that we had labor shortages. They're currently um, doing temperature checks manually, and they just thought there's got to be a better way. And so they started brainstorming it back in 2020, um, started to get a little bit of traction and uh, became a more formal entity in 2021. And in late 2021, um, Tony actually came to me and said, hey, we've got this new company we're starting up. We're going to need a CEO. Would this be something that you'd be interested in? And at that time, the timing wasn't right for me. I was actually in the commercial insurance business at that time, uh, but had expressed the desire to get back out on my own and just to have my own business. And at that time, I was also um, had stumbled across some IoT technology that was had a very significant financial impact on an area that I was focused on, which was commercial real estate. But fast forward about eight, nine months, FastTech um, had a formal uh, advisory board that was formed. They had had some beta testing that they'd done at certain locations. And they brought on board a private equity partner named Solidia. And Solidia really liked Fast Tech. They liked the niche that they were focused on, which was restaurant food safety and addressing labor shortage issues. But they said, you've really got to get a strong CEO in place. And so at that time, I had resigned from my commercial insurance position, um, had been out on my own for a couple months doing some consulting, 
Uh, one company that I was working with was an IoT company. So um, Tony approached me and said, hey, here's where we're at now with Solidia or with um, Fast Tech. We brought Solidia on board and wanted to see if the timing would be right for you to come on and be the CEO of Fast Tech. And so nine months later, um, that when he approached me, that made sense. And um, I've been with Fast Tech now for just under two months. Nice. Yeah. And shout out to the Solidia guys. I'm Justin Anderson has become a, a really good friend of mine over the last few years. So they're a great group to work with. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And so it sounds like prior to Fast Tech, and I want to hear more about what the, the Savage Days are like right now, but it sounds like you've had some other uh, ventures in the past before this. This isn't you know your first rodeo in a lot of ways. That's correct. Yep. So my background's really in finance and investments. I was an economics major at IU. I was a stock and bond broker right out of college in the early 90s and got recruited into the financial printing industry in the late 90s and spent 10 years working on IPOs, M&A transactions for some of Indiana's largest publicly traded companies. And um, in the early 2000s, actually 2008, um, ended up making a change and went into the commercial real estate business and was a um, office and industrial broker until I got recruited in late 2016 into the commercial insurance industry. And I've spent the last just about six years in the commercial insurance industry. So I bring a, I think I bring a unique background in that I have experience with finance and investments, um, raising capital, M&A transactions. I've got experience in commercial real estate. And then I have experience in the last six years in the commercial insurance industry. All of that's kind of what we're focused on at Fast Tech. It's really with food safety, it's risk mitigation. So it's making sure that our food stay is stored properly to help mitigate uh, potential foodborne illnesses. And then addressing what the operations inside the space. So making sure that the coolers are operating properly, uh, making sure that the hot food is staying hot, and um, that can have you know an overall impact on the business as well. So it's addressing operating expenses, risk mitigation, and then the labor issue to ultimately provide a better experience for um, the owners and customers that are going inside those restaurants. Yeah, I love it. So talk more about the Savage Days. I mean, we I know we describe like this evolution of Savage to Sage, and that's the conversation today. You're in the middle of the Savage Days right now, and. I would love to hear what that's like. How would you describe it right now? It's very easy to get distracted and go down a lot of different rabbit holes. And that's a process that the advisory board had gone through before I had joined, but also a process that I had to go through once I joined Fast Tech. The IoT sensor technology, it's been around for years, but it's really starting to get adopted um, and gain a lot of traction in the last couple of years. And there are lots of different areas that Fast Tech could deploy sensors to help companies reduce their operating expenses and mitigate risk. And so when I first joined Fast Tech, I kind of went through that process of we're focused on restaurants, but where could Fast Tech be in three years? Where could we be in five years? What sorts of things could we be doing? And what you realize very, very quickly is it's endless. IoT sensors can be used if you can think of something that needs to be monitored, you can develop. A, if a sensor doesn't already exist, you can develop one fairly inexpensively. After going through that process, what I realized was we need to stay rifle focused. So Fast Tech was originally created to address the specific issues inside of restaurants with labor shortage issues and temperature check compliance for the health department. And so 
that was a lot of work. You know, it's very, like, again, it's very easy to get distracted and go down a lot of different areas, but um, that's what the journey has been the first two months for me with Fast Tech has been exploring all the opportunities and then realizing in order to be successful, we've got to be rifle focused on the restaurant industry. And so I've kind of gone full circle in that process. Yeah, that's good. So what about for you personally? And I'm thinking like, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs describe the savage stage as like it's tiring, working a lot. I mean, intense. Like how would you describe it from that standpoint? Well, I'm energized by it. You know, I've, I've worked for large corporations and those corporations have certain ways they want things done. And I've always kind of thought outside the box. I, I've maybe a bit of a rebel from being a teen, all, all the way from being a teenager, but I've always had lots of questions, always questioned things. Is there a better way to do things? And I like to be surrounded with a really good team of people. And so for me, I found corporate America to be a bit stifling. They want to keep me inside a box. They want me to only call on companies within 100 miles of my home office. Well, some of our greatest opportunities could be all the way on the West Coast or all the way on the East Coast or internationally. And that's why I, the, one of the big reasons that I wanted to get back out and be more in an ownership, a leader position, is that I wanted to be able to explore the opportunities without having to work inside of a, a box. Um, so... A lot of people have positions where jobs where they wake up and they dread Monday morning. They wake up in the morning, they dread having to get up out of bed and go to work. And they're kind of doing that Monday through Friday grind. And in my current role, it's quite the opposite. So I'm energized by it. I can't wait for Monday morning. I start working on Sunday, preparing for Monday. And, um, and that, that's exciting to me. So that's very energizing. Yeah, that's a really good place to be. So what would you attribute most to that? Like it being so energized, like what, what do you find that you're the most passionate about? What really drives me is being able to help people, knowing that there are business owners out there. You, you go talk to any restaurant owner or operator and you ask them, what's the number one challenge that you're facing today? And it's labor. And we have technology that's available that can help alleviate some of that pain that they're feeling. So that's very motivating to me. And then the risk mitigation component, making sure that we can um, lower the risk of a foodborne illness, having a negative impact, not only on customers, but financially for that business owner or operator. And it could even have an impact on the entire brand. So one franchisee that has a foodborne illness event um, can impact the entire, all the other franchisees as well. So Knowing that we've got a solution, it's almost we've got a cure for cancer. We just need to make sure people are aware that it's available to them. That's extremely motivating. Yeah, you think about like just practically what you're doing and how, I mean, you can help maybe save lives is like is extreme, but obviously save people from really bad illnesses. You have that that mission, but then also to a consumer perspective, then also a mission on the the business side of that brand recognition. I mean, when you hear enough of those stories about like Chipotle or other restaurants that have had issues like that, that could be prevented, you know, it just, it makes you think twice. I mean, like for me, as an example, I'm a dad who is always taking my son to Chipotle because that's one of his favorites, but it's like, that's going to make me think twice about, you know, Chipotle if this keeps happening. And so, yeah, just you're a, the mission there to help protect those brands too is, is really cool. So what is something, and 
I mean, we're talking about seven weeks here since, you know, jumping on board at Fast Tech, but what's something that you've learned about yourself that you had not learned before that's, you know, about yourself that's been a surprise to you? You know, I, I don't think in the seven weeks I've had something that's been a surprise to me necessarily, but there have definitely been things that I've learned over my 30 years of being in business that have benefited me in this current role. One of which is I can't do it all on my own. It takes a team of people supporting me um, in order to, for myself and everyone to be successful, for the company to be successful. I've got to have a really good team. That's a lesson that I probably wasn't as aware of in my 20s and 30s. But as you get older, life has a way of humbling you a bit. And you learn that it to ask people for help actually takes strength. It's not necessarily a, a sign of weakness. And that's definitely been true here with Fast Tech. I have a great support team around me and a very, very good board of advisors that are supporting me. And so I couldn't be on this path and have success without having all those people around me. Yeah, I like that. And that's a good segue into, like, I, I like to focus on on team because I think when I look at that continuum of what helps someone to evolve from you know, the savagery that it takes to make a business successful into the sage of, you know, they've, they've done it, you know, they've built that team, they've taken care of themselves, they've done the right things for the business. Like it, it has so much to do with selecting those team members that are going to, you know, accompany you that are going to be partners to you. And so when you think about like the characteristics of people that you have on the team or want, you know, would look for in key people that you're going to bring on here, like what would you say is key that you're looking for? Um, consistency, uh, a strong work ethic, a desire to help others, and a desire to learn from others. I think those are some of the key characteristics that when I look at the team of people that I'm surrounded by today at Fast Tech, those are the things that that they bring to the table. And um, that, that's what I would look for as we continue to grow the team. Those are the qualities that I'm going to look for. Yeah, that's that's really good. And a lot of that flows out of some of the things that you described about you know what you've learned along the way and you clearly have this passion like most founders do for we have this this key solution to a problem that we're going to solve and you know you're like you're describing on on sunday you're getting ready for the week you're super excited would you say that's a characteristic you know that you're also looking for in those key people that you're, you're going to bring onto the team I don't know that they need to have that same drive. I don't expect them to work 24 seven, 365, that, that same sort of passion necessarily, um, because it's also very important to have a balance. And so, you know, I think of some of the, some of my team members are younger, they have younger children, they're married with younger children. And um, it's important for them to, to have that downtime and focus on their family, focus on the things that help them recharge their batteries over the weekend but when they do come to work on Monday, you know, I want them to be excited about who they're working with, excited about the mission of the company, um, and have a desire to help others and then have a desire to also learn from other people as well. I don't want them to be on, feel like they're on an island. They've got to do everything themselves. Um, I want them to have that desire to help people, but also not be afraid to go ask for help. Yeah, that's good. And I think probably what's a little bit behind my question, I'd be interested for you to interact with this too, is I think sometimes maybe founders, they want those early people that you bring onto the team or 
you know, where you are as the CEO now, you want them to have that same level of passion and drive that you have. And I think there is something to that where when you're in a startup that is salt, like for the first time solving this important challenge, you need people that that have that that passion, that drive for your mission to the same level of neuroses that like founders like like I <laughs> have, you know, you can't expect that. You also want, like you said, that self-care piece. But I think that's honestly what keeps people going um, through all the the challenges of, you know, the punches that you get dealt um, along the way as you're figuring out product market fit, as you're selling into restaurants, forging new territory. I think like you have to be driven beyond what drives like a normal employee of a corporation to keep going, to keep pressing on. So just interact with that a little bit. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. So, you know, in my current role, being here a couple months, what I have noticed is that the enthusiasm that I have and the excitement that I have for Fast Tech, people that are working with me have picked up on that. And I've had feedback from, from others saying, you know, as they've had an opportunity to get to know me, they're getting excited about the excitement that I show is contagious and they're getting excited by my excitement. And um, I, I think it also helps to be show appreciation for what people are doing. So it's just, it's little things that help motivate people that also get them excited, which also you show a little bit of appreciation and a little bit of excitement towards them. And suddenly they're willing to get on a call at six o'clock at night where they'd be shut down and, running out to the parking lot and a lot of jobs at, at 5.01 p.m., they're willing to get on board because they can sense the excitement that I have. And then I show genuine appreciation for them being willing to, to go a little bit extra mile. So that that is important to me, to, to have those people that are willing to do a little bit extra at times. Um, but I don't necessarily expect that from them all the time. I mean, I'll wake up at two or three in the morning and my brain is on and I have to go pull up articles on whatever it is I'm thinking about at that time. I'll spend a couple hours in the middle of the night doing research on, you know, a different type of technology or a different type of industry that I think we may be interested in, you know, on down the road. I'm not expecting people that are working with me to have that same level of excitement and energy. But Yeah, I, I hear that. And that, that was somewhat what was behind my comment about neuroses. Cause I, I do also wake up, you know, sometimes with ideas, also sometimes with fretting over a conversation that happened yesterday or that I'm having today. And um, so or sometimes the three things on your to do list that you didn't right. get done yesterday that you know, you have to get done today, but it's two o'clock in the morning. And that's what's keeping you up. That happens to me frequently. Yeah. Yeah. So my my go to is is fiction, like basically to get engrossed into a story that has nothing to do with my daily life. And that's that helps me to go back to sleep. <laughs> so, yeah, currently reading rereading through Harry Potter, um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm known to to just dive into fiction there because yeah, I mean it's that's sleep is so key. I think I mean obviously the science shows that, but yeah, to keep going in the entrepreneurial journey, it's just so important to to stay energized. And so that leads into my next question. So. In order for us to sustain, you know, this this energy over the long period of time to go from savage to sage, it's it's my premise that in order to succeed both in business and in life, you know, you have to have a practice of 
of self-care. And I like to call it soul care because I think soul talks just more about those most important pieces of ourselves that we have to nurture um, in order to to be human, to to thrive in life. And so what for you is are those practices that you have currently or you've had for a while that that help you stay energized? The things that where I recharge my batteries is being outdoors. And so I like to stay active. I have several different hobbies. I, I enjoy playing golf. I play a, a fair amount of golf when I have the opportunity to. I, I do try to even block out time to go play golf. In the wintertime, I do a lot of snow skiing. And so I love skiing out in Colorado. I love being out in the mountains. Um, I'll take four or five long weekend trips out to Colorado skiing. And that's just, that's my time to decompress, not think about work or the things that are going on you know, at home, but to get out in nature. And um, it's also the, the physical exercise that you get. So I try to exercise regularly, get out in nature, um, and then spending time with family and friends. I, you know, I think we're all very connected with our smartphones nowadays, but I really do make a point that when I'm with family and with friends and we're enjoying a meal, you know, the cell phone's put away. Um, it may even be in another room. I may leave it in my car if I'm going in to, to enjoy time with, with people. So um, having that time with family and friends and then exercising, being out in nature, that, that's how I recharge my batteries. That's really good. Yeah, I, I would say that I have a lot of similar practices and especially being out in nature and just sweating that physical exercise, that physical release. I, I notice, you know, it helps unload all that, the mental noise um, from the type of work that we do, but then also it restores creativity as well. So if I ever have a creative block in terms of, okay, I have to come up with an idea here to overcome a difficult situation. I just know, you know, I'm going to go in the woods and go for a run and sweat. And suddenly it's like this creative block opens up. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. I like to, to finish the conversation on, on two different topics. And one of them you just hit on quite a bit and I'll just ask it, ask it in another way. So if, if you could choose, you know, during a day, like, let's say you had 30 minutes to, you know, do an activity that you knew was like going to recharge your battery better than anything else. Like what, what would you choose? It's going to the gym with it. Without a doubt for me, it's going to the gym. Absent of going to the gym. I also have a dog and I like to take my dog on walks. So my routine typically is in the morning, I'll either hit the gym first and then cool down by taking my dog on a long walk, or I'll warm up by taking my dog on a long walk and go hit the gym. And I have found that if I do that consistently in the morning, I have so much more energy. The whole It sets the tone for the whole rest of my day. And so that physical exercise, it's the basics, eating healthy, being mindful of what you're eating, getting physical exercise, drinking plenty of water, and then trying to get enough sleep. Those are the things that if I can do all those things consistently, everything else in my life has a tendency to flow uh, much better than if I, if I don't do that. So taking that 30 minutes is extremely important to prioritize that for me. I have to, I have to have that time for everything else to really function at its best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and I are very similar in multiple ways, so that's fun. So secondly, this show, I I think what we've learned is that a lot of the listeners are people that are considering, you know, they're jumping into an entrepreneurial venture 
like like you just did with fast tech or you know there's they're starting something themselves they're they're figuring out a new solution to a, a problem that they've they've uncovered or they've dealt with for a long time and so what would you say for that person who's listening like what what is the key like one nugget of wisdom that that you would offer them don't focus on the money as much as focus on what you're passionate about because if you find something that you're passionate about it doesn't feel like work and so it's very easy to work on sunday because it's something that you're passionate about that you're going to be doing on monday i think and i you know and i've heard that from lots of other motivational speakers as well but that's been advice that's resonated with me is that find what it is that you're passionate about and 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 focus on that and the money will come you know there'll be opportunities you can monetize what it is that you're passionate about but i think it's it's very important to find what is it that you're passionate about that you can do for work that you can get compensated for um, and if you can if you can figure that out i think that's one of the keys to not only financial success but just being satisfied with with your life right um I think there's a lot of people that are kind of stuck in their um, nine to five jobs and are are not very happy and they're not sure quite what they need to do to to break out of that cycle. I think in today's world with technology, um, you know, there's there's endless number of possibilities that you can do to go out on your own and, and, um, you know, and get compensated for it. But just to simplify, I think the key is find something that you're passionate about and, um, and you know, put everything. If you put everything into it, and you're passionate about it, the success, financial success, and um, the satisfaction that you get out of that, all, all of that will will come. Yeah, that's that's a really good word. And I'm just curious, like, can you recall, like, what what was it? Was there an event or a series of events that you know you went through that like helps you to come to that insight? Um. It, there are, first of all, I've heard that from a lot of motivational speakers and you know business coaches, but I've also lived it. So I have had jobs where on Saturday, I'm already thinking, dreading Monday morning. That's not good. That's having a negative impact on your personal life, your relationships with friends and family. It's that, that's not a healthy place to be in. And so, um, and I was even there you know, in the, in the, in the years prior to going out on my own, I had, I was living that. I, there were days, a lot of weekends where Saturday, I'm already starting to think about Monday morning that's coming and it was negatively impacting my weekend. And I just decided I'm, I can't live, I can't keep living like this. I, I need to, what is it that I'm passionate about? And so I've had 30 years of business experience that has shown me lots of areas where I can help small, medium-sized business owners. And I just started doing research. What is it that I could be doing on my own that could have an impact and help small, medium-sized business owners? And um, that's where I stumbled across some different IoT technologies, um, started exploring those, picked up the phone, had conversations with people, attended conferences, um, attended webinars, just educated myself in, in my free time. And then I figured out, okay, this is something that I could go do and be passionate about and be entrepreneurial, be on my own, and have a very significant financial impact and benefit to small, medium-sized business owners. And that's how I ended up being at FastTech, just by following something that I was passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to noodle on that a little bit because I think you hear that I've heard that a lot from motivational speakers and 
honestly, that that's what keeps me going as well with full stack. And then I also hear, and maybe this is from the the glass half full type of coach, but it's it's like you can't you can't make your work your passion project. And um, I think they would say find you know other outlets for for your passion outside of the workspace. And but yeah, it's especially with what we're talking about with entrepreneurial organizations, there has to be a level of motivation that it just comes from like a passion for, for a mission to, to solve an important problem that, you know, is, is going to help people. And it has, it's, it's a part of a bigger purpose beyond ourselves. And so I, I I really hear that's what you're hitting on here. And that's, that's really important because otherwise, yeah, I mean, if, if we're just driven by money, that only goes so far. And then, you know, what happens when the money dries up or you go through a really rough period, uh, which a lot of entrepreneurs do, um, what's, what's left at that point. So it's a great conversation. I, I, we could keep going, but we are at our time. So if people want to connect with you more and, um, get to know fast tech more, where would you point them? Sure. Our website is get fast which is F A S T E K.com. And my contact inf- information is on there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for your time today and your insights. Um, this is going to be a great show. And um, we'll have to have you back again in the future after you've you know, gotten further along in the journey and to hear, hear what you're thinking about at that point, too. So. I, I would love to come back. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's interview. To view show notes or hear more episodes, please visit www.savagetosage.com.